Welcome everybody to Down and Dirty with the Badger State Truck and Tractor Pullers. My name is Jason Schultz, John Stranley, Greg Elstein. We're your hosts every Monday night. And we have our special guest tonight, Josh Jacobs. Josh, how are you, man? Good. And you, Jason? Good. Thanks for joining us tonight. Excited to have you on the show. So, Yeah, thanks for having me. How's it down in Florida tonight, Josh? Nice and, oh, warm. It's nice and warm, yeah. Yeah. Where are you at in Florida? Uh, Marco Island. Marco Island. All right. That's nice. I was in Key West last week. I got home Friday, so it's it's a difference in temperature. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like we're cool here tomorrow. But great to have you on tonight, Josh. Thanks for coming on. John Greg gets the 14th of November. I think we've done like eight or nine of these shows now, guys. I, I really appreciate you doing this every Monday night. Pretty fun. So. Yep. Yep. So um, let us everybody that's watching let us know where you're watching from. The temperature at your place. I think it'll be interesting. So Josh. What is it, 80 right now on Marco Island? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Let's see if we can wind people up a little bit. Great. 70 here in the house, I think. <laughs> yeah. 69, it says. Yeah, I'm actually sitting outside on the on the patio, so. Nice. What do you have in your cup? I got a margarita. Nice. I like it. Good way to start a Monday. <laughs> I wish I Next Monday, we're going to be done with corn. I'm going to have a margarita on Monday night, too, then. Yeah. It's 34 degrees in Muscaday, Wisconsin. Yeah. Brian's checking in from Loganville. So, yeah, we'll start popping those up there. So, right. well, let's run away with it, Stranley. This is your, you're the, they're the, the voice of the Badger State tractor pullers. Let's get after it. One of them. So, Josh, you, you got three sleds. So, all the fans know you got three sleds. Tell us about them. 
I got the first sled uh, the fall of 2013 from Jim Lidke. Uh, Pat Hack was still running the sled at that It's it, he he froze on us, John. So yeah, I don't know if it's him or me. No, uh, it's him. He's back now. He's back. So Josh, can you hear us? Yep. Hey, do you have before you get deep into stuff? Do you have a Facebook page or anything I can put up on the page and show pictures of them? Yes, uh, Double J Power Sports. The word double, the letter J. Some oh, people JJ, but that won't bring it up. Yeah, no, and, J, we know that JJ guy. So, and uh, championship pulling sleds. And recently we started a YouTube channel called uh, Championship Pulling Sleds. We've been taking some videos throughout the year and, and trying to show a little bit behind the scenes of, of the sled business. So a lot of people would like to like, like to see that. I think that's smart. Yep. So I don't know what you guys all got there. Uh, 2013, fall of 2013 is when I bought the first sled from Jim Lidke. Uh, Pat Hack convinced me to to do that, I guess. Never trust Pat Hack, okay? I, I've, I've hung out with him before. I just want to be clear. Number of good words of advice. But it is fun, though, being with him. Right. Yeah. So I'm on, the, I'm on the Championship Pulling Sleds Facebook page right now. I think Josh is back with us, yeah. So. Yeah. Do you work on them in your in that shop? Is that your shop in the background of the picture where the sleds are out there, Josh? Yeah, we just finished that shop uh, this past spring. That was just a pole building I had, and we actually raised it up and, and turned it into a shop. Before that, I always had to wait, do all my work in the spring and the fall of the year outside. Um, so that's going to be a nice addition for this winter to be able to do a lot of the maintenance and stuff right. uh, inside. But you oh, sold wow. the yellow sled, right? Yes, um, there's a group of a group of four guys, local guys. Um, most of them are my buddies. Uh, I should say all of them are my buddies. They've bought it. Um, they're gonna do a lot of testing and stuff with it, and they'll still be available to help me out if I need um, some weekends that that are busy. I may need them to help me as well yet, so we'll still be available. Um, but yeah, they're gonna run it. Uh, one of them has a dyno, an engine dyno, does pulling tractor work. Uh, so they may do some testing as well as their dyno service. You can go out and do some practicing. That was, track always, that was always a good sled to hook to. Yes, that sled's been very good. Um, that's still my favorite sled. But to me, it just makes more sense. The other two are, are the same operational. If I'm going to run two sleds, if i got to train an operator or something, they both operate the same. So just going to make, make things easier in the future. Good. Good. What about all the hooks that you had for old Yeller there? You gonna have to turn some away then? Or you just gonna uh, keep the other busier? Yeah, we'll be busier with the other two. Um, it was kind of nice to be able to spread it out. Scott Zerzo helped. He kept the uh, the public enemy sled in in Baraboo, and he kind of did a lot of the southern stuff. Um, and I hope he's still willing to help out. He said he is. But Mike uh, Lardo's been helping me. For quite a few years now um we're going to be very busy but like i said i'm hoping to have scott still help out take a weekend here or there to give us a break um and i got another guy up up my neck of the woods that that shows interest wants to run a little bit more too because it does it gets to be very busy um, we get in july and august i mean we're running five at least five days a week so yep yep gotta have time for your family yeah, right. Yep. How many events a year do you do total? I think I had 115 scheduled this year. Did have a few rainouts, so yeah, I'd like to do a hundred. Yeah, that, that's going to be a lot of hooks for two two sleds, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The way it's looking, 90, 95 right now. I kind of started last week looking at the calendar and the schedule, um, and there's always stuff that conflicting date stuff that falls out and there's also stuff that comes up new that you didn't realize you were going to get to so i would expect to be right around that 90 range okay okay what uh what do you got in, in mind for updates or anything this year 
Um, well, this, to be honest, this was probably the toughest year I've had since I started. Um, we had some breakdowns. Uh, we broke the box chains actually in all three sleds once. Um, that upset me quite a bit. So we're looking into that. I did make an update to the Terminator sled that I run quite a bit. Um, the way the, the chain attaches to the bottom of the box. Um, I, I was real happy with the way that finished out the last part of the year. I'm going to take that all apart and look at that, but then apply that to the public enemy sled as well. I think that's going to be a real good fix. Uh, we had the same problem on the old sled, but that that was more my own problem. I did some maintenance and adjusting that I probably shouldn't have. And uh, the box the box clutch did not disengage when it got to the end, and we broke the chain in Oshkosh there on that one. So other than that, just maintenance. Um, some guys that expressed some concerns on the public enemy sled. They don't like the big arch in the pan. So I'm working with a, actually one of the guys that helps me run the sled. He does welding fabrication. So we're looking at making some changes to the bottom of that sled or the bottom of the pan on that sled uh, to get that more flat. Um, just kind of doing that because that's what guys would like to see, I guess. I don't personally think there's an issue with it. But um, that's what guys are asking for. So we're going to try and keep everybody happy and move forward. <laughs> he just said the magic word in truck and tractor pulling, Josh. Yeah. Keep everybody happy. So, yep. What's the hardest class to set the sled for? Oh, light. Anything that's got the word light in front of it. Your light limiteds, your light pro stocks, them classes can be very, very challenging. Right. It's hard to tell if they're going to get a hold of anything. Right. And if, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile from you every time. Yep. Yep. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. your, it's hard. your sleds were built pretty versatile, so you can run just about anything from antique up through pro stock pretty easily, can't you? Yeah, that's one thing I like about the way Brad set his sleds up. Um, I know maybe like Brandon Bungard's sleds, he's, our, our sled's got a two-speared rear end. That front rear end drives the weight box up. And my sleds I got from Brad are geared slow for doing antiques and small stuff. And then the higher side is for doing like our Badger State stuff. I know like Brandon's probably geared for, for outdoors in the summer and then indoors in the winter. So he's faster yet. Um, so that's nice. Yeah, I can do small antique tractors. All the way up to the pro stocks, the super semis, and stuff like that. Yep. So, are your, is it a, what is it, a class nine you have to be to do semis or something like that? that class like, eight. Class eight. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's the highest level there is, right, Josh? Class eight? Yes. Yep. There's actually, and a lot of people probably don't know this, there's two sled organizations the North American Sled Operators Association, which would be like what you're referring to, the class eight and all of them, they do by classifications. Since I had an older sled with Jim Lidke, I actually belong to the Atlantic Sled Association. Um, all my sleds are listed with the Atlantic, and they don't go by classification numbers. I think they just do a small, medium, and a large sled. Yep. It's basically the same insurance policy and everything. Um, and that's worked out real well for me. So I, I just stuck with them even when I bought, purchased the new sleds. And I believe Davey Moore on the East Coast Pullers had a lot to do with getting that organization started. Correct. Yep, I think he did. Josh, did you have sleds before? Or like, what what made you get into this? Were you running a sled, or I actually pulled. I started in. Uh, I bought a fifty twenty out of Kansas. <coughs> and pulled in the farm stock class a couple of years, and then I bought Joe Nimitz's. Uh, back then, it would have been the PI Hot Farm, which is now the Pro Farm, and I pulled in that for a few years, and then I ended up selling that tractor to the Reedsburg area. Um, so I could have a down payment to buy a house. And that was the same time Pat Hack was talking me into buying the sled. And Jim Lidke and I went back and forth for a little while. And then we ended up making a deal. And so I bought a house. And then two weeks later, I bought the sled from Jim. So, Right. Hopefully you still have the house. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh. What's up? What was your biggest challenge in just getting things organized and getting started with it? Jim, help you get some books lined up and stuff like that. Yeah, we had an agreement when we first started. A lot of what Jim had, um, we had an agreement he was going to let me do all them pulls. 
and that was a big help to get started. He had a lot of help, obviously, pointers and this and that, um, all the spare parts and stuff he had. Um, and Pat Hack come up quite a bit that first year and, and helped, and I was on the phone with him a lot. Um, and it was a big learning curve, I'll tell you. Um, you don't – pullers, a lot of pullers don't realize what it is, what it takes to run a sled and what's all involved in it. And there is a lot more than, than what they realize. Yep. You go down the tracks 50, 60 times a night, they go down the track once. Right. Yep. Right. Guys get sometimes something that's that's really tough to control. I can't believe, Josh, how, how rough it is to ride in the sled. I, I don't know how you guys – that takes years off your life. Well, it, it can be very rough. Um, not this year. The year before, I had a stock semi, but this one gentleman, he sponsors the pull I was at. And he puts a pretty good tune in his truck to come to this pole, and he's a big sponsor there. So he wants to put on a good show. Well, I wanted to stop him that day because he's quite a bit better than the rest of them. And I ended up, he got me bouncing so bad, I hit my head, and I couldn't figure out how to bring the box back when I got to the end of the track. Really? So they had the, the first responders out there checking me for concussion and stuff. So, yeah, it, it, it can get very rough. And I had my seatbelt on. <laughs> Too, yeah. So. yeah. If you're just joining us, we got Josh Jacobs on. He's the owner of the Double J Power Sports the Championship Pulling Sleds. You can find him on YouTube and Facebook. And he's just talking about the life of being a sled owner and uh, all the goods and bads that come with it. So, are you looking for more pulls this year, Josh? Or, or do you, you said you're kind of close to that 100 mark? You said you're about 90, 95? Or? Yeah, we're always looking for more. I know I just had a guy message me from Pennsylvania. I don't Ooh. care to go that far. Wow. But um, definitely in the Wisconsin area, if somebody's looking for something, I'll definitely entertain it if it, if it fits in our schedule. So, Josh, yeah. what's your phone number? What's your phone number? I'm gonna put it up on the screen. Uh, 920-255-1140. Do you like? What's the biggest association that you kind of run with? Oh, when I first started NW Motorsports, based out of the Green Bay area. Yep. That's who I really started with. I do PI. Uh, Badger State, obviously. Yep. Um, ECI, East Central Iowa. And I've gone and done some here and there. I did ISP in Illinois this summer. I did one event for them. Um, and a lot of other brush poles and just local farm farm tractor poles for fairs and, and festivals and stuff like that. So we do, we'll do anything and everything. I've been asked to do bachelor parties already. So there, there you go. Yep. Right. Add to our list. Yeah. Right. Something to do. Right. I need something to do. <laughs> he's bored otherwise. He's bored. Yeah. He's trying to hear another Kelly's list. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah. Right. Right. What do you do for a bachelor party? Do you have to have a hole in the box or what? What's that? So when you do it for a bachelor party, is there a brass pole in the box? No. <laughs> Well, I knew that. I knew that was coming, Greg. If anybody has any questions for Josh, please type them into the comments. Anything about being a sled operator or just a question how the sled works, anything like that, please please do that. Type here. We'll put them up on the screen. Josh is graciously, graciously joining us from Marco, Florida, where it's 80 degrees. He's drinking a margarita, so he can, he'll probably answer your questions more honest than ever. So, right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, Josh, tell, tell the folks how the sled works. So you have a transmission with what five speeds in it, and then like the tooth clutch and drive line set up, and then how the trips work on the pan, and then are they hydraulic or air? I'm assuming yours are hydraulic on that one. So yeah, on the new sleds, uh, I'll explain the new sleds, I guess. The the front rear end drives the weight box. There's a two-speed rear end, so with a high and a low, and then actually we got six-speed profabs now. Oh. The same pro... The same profab that, that's in a lot of pulling tractors, except now if, if you don't need the reverse gear in it, he can put six speeds in it. And then, yes, it, it drives through a, a rear end that drives chains and sprockets hooked to the box. There's a Nexon tooth clutch, which is not really a clutch. It's more of a coupling device because it ain't ever going to slip as long as it's locked in. And then as the box goes up the rails, it comes to a first switch, which is we can adjust that anywhere we want. And then I can I can set basically the pan is falling at that point just free falling, 
and I got two set speeds. I can drop it slow or I can drop it fast. And 90% of the time we drop it slow. And then when the box continues up the rails and gets all the way to the front, there's two more switches. One will engage the hydraulic push down and actually push all the weight to the sled onto the pan. And the second switch actually takes that next and clutch and takes it out of gear so it doesn't want to keep driving that box up over the front of the sled and break the chains like we've had trouble with. And a big difference say, on that yellow sled on the old sled, that one uses pneumatic air push down. That one's got six airbags underneath it. So you can turn them on in pairs, two, four, or six bags, and I can also adjust the air pressure in them. So that thing's very versatile that way. And then for backing up, both new sleds have a, a Deutz air-cooled diesel that sits off on the left-hand side of the sled. And then it's got a belt, a 6V groove belt that goes to the center where the transmission is. Um, and the, the back rear end is what drives the sled back and forth. And we got a, I got electric switch inside that goes down to an electric actuator on that rear end that puts that into gear or puts it in neutral. And that allows us to back up. Uh, the yellow sled, that one's got an engine. That's an international DT408, similar to a 466 that a lot of guys run their pulling tractors. Allison Automatic, but that's all in line in the center of the sled. And that works the same way to back rear end. Allows you to back up with that. With your uh, tooth clutch, that's air electric over air, isn't it? Do you have a, a backup on that that would, you know, say the electric part doesn't work, that the, there's another air valve in there that would release that right. clutch? Right. There's a, a cable, basically, that runs through a piece of pipe, a mechanical linkage that goes to the front. And that will as well, that's engaged every time. So it does both of them, goes to a mechanical valve in the back, and that dumps the air in it as well. And then here's, this, here's the setup, I'm assuming. So that tooth clutch driveline has got to be locked up before the green lights will come on, won't it? Correct. When you engage, there's one switch inside the cab. When you turn the green lights on, it engages that clutch and everything. So, yeah, it's, it's basically impossible to go down the track unless you would forget to put that rear end in gear. But, yeah, it's... Everything's going to be in gear, and and that's one thing, too. A lot of guys think, well, you, you did something during the pull. It's, on these new sleds, it's physically impossible for me to touch anything inside that cab to alter a run. Obviously, I got safety stuff. I, if I step on the brake pedal, it turns the green lights off, turns the red lights on. I do have a, a button, like a panic button. If something would go wrong, I can hit that panic button, and it'll drop the pan, push down, engage the brakes, the box brakes, and everything all at once. But there again, that engages, this turns off the green lights and turns the red lights on. So there is physically nothing you can do inside the cab to change the outcome on somebody's run without obviously turning the red lights on. The air gate is a separate switch too though, right? Then what? When you, when you pull the air, if you pull a motor to pull the air gate, you yep. know, is that's on a separate switch other than your panic switch right right that's a separate switch so i've been doing this this is my ninth year i've only pulled the, the air cable on one guy going down the track once uh he got out of bounds and thought that he should take off again and huh. i was upset by that so i i pulled the kill cable on him um generally i should say generally always i'll put the panic button if somebody's getting squirrely getting and we'll get the sled stopped and i'll leave it up to them to let off the throttle i don't like to pull pull the air switch on them while, while they're going down the track, you know. I've had some plunger stick and stuff like that at the end of the track where we'll pull it, but um, like I said, I've only done that to one guy going down the track. I really don't like to do that, but it is there if we have to do it. It's right next to you. I, I ride with my hand very close to them switches, so if something happens, we're ready to intervene. Yep, yep. And it's hard, hard to tell if somebody's had bad run or something's going on sometimes right you don't want to right you don't want to in in the nature of tractor pulling a lot of these pulls you're very close to the spectators so you really got to watch what you're doing you yeah, you don't want to interrupt someone's run because they may be able to get it get it straightened back oh, you also don't want to be hitting a guardrail and getting close to these people right right yep damned if you do damned if you don't right it's hard it is hard as hard as can be. And you only have a second or two to make that decision, if that. Right. Yep. Yep. 
and to change the gearing, like you said, you can't change it from inside. So you hear people talking, and you've heard over the years, you know, oh, he changed it for that guy. And like you said, you can't change it. But physically, you got to move the box forward and go out with the bar and physically change the gear in the gearbox, correct? Correct, correct. But, yep. And like the sled, in order to change the air pressures, you got to get out of the sled, and then the valves are on the side, I think, on the other one, weren't they? Yep. Yep, the switches and everything are all outside the cab. There's nothing inside the cab for to interrupt the run right, as far as making an adjustment for somebody. Yep. And do you well, use that sled? Go ahead, John. Look who's hooked to the sled in that video. <laughs> Clippy. Clippy. <laughs> That was our last weekend of the year. That was down at the Horse and Colt Show in Viola. Yeah. That's, yeah, always, that's always a good time there. Yep. I was told to be there one time years ago by 10 in the morning, and I didn't hook till 1130 at night. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do a back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always the same. That's always the same weekend as Monroe now, isn't it, Josh? Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, we started. Oh, I'd say 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning with some antiques. And we did take a break in between. And actually this year we were done fairly early. So we were done by before midnight. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I've pulled that track a couple times, not during the horse and colt fair, but uh, pulled there a couple times. Years ago, Perry Butson and I went up there and pulled mini rods with another organization. And we ended up going uh, out the end the guardrail they couldn't get us stopped pretty wild yeah it's cool fun place though yeah they have a different announcer there i forget what his tagline is to he's up uh, don't feed the bears yeah <laughs> hey, barbarita. Hey, 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 hey barbarita or something yeah hey 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 hey, hey, hey. Yeah. you know them announcers right schultz you know them announcers yeah, they're, they're they're crazy people. Right. Yeah. That that pull is pretty close to you, Schultzy. It is, like 18 miles away. So. Right. Yep. That's a sharp tractor there, Whiskey Bent. Well, Josh, um, I do have to say that, that my boy Ross is now one of your biggest fans now that you got Brad's old sled. So now he's actually starting to say Josh's sled. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing with buying them from somebody. In the previous, they remember them as the previous guys, which is fine. But I remember uh, Ross at Macville there. He come yeah, up and he was sitting in the sled. Yeah. And we had, we had just got done cleaning it off, sweeping all the mud and stuff off. And John and I and Tracy were BSing. And he said, I want to go sit in the sled. Said, well, we got to get it off the track here. Why don't you back it off the track? So we let him sit in the driver's seat and. I showed him what buttons to push, and he backed it off the track so they could get it ready for the next morning. So there you go. I like doing that stuff with the kids. Yep. Yeah, he loves that. He loves Another that. one would be um, Pat's Pat's grandson, uh, John's son, is it Wesley, I believe. Yep. Yeah. He always likes to come and ride with me, and I keep telling him, "Well, why don't you just take over?" Well, I just seen on on Facebook he's driving that. Tractor with the green card. I better watch what I'm saying. I'm gonna get kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> he he was driving the last steer in a field. I seen videos of that. Book. That's a big piece of equipment. Yeah. Yep. But if you watch all the kids that have grown up around Badger State, you see them in the farm. They're all doing stuff like that. Every one of them. Yeah. And I like that. I get a lot. A lot of times, a lot of kids want to come and ride with the, with me, and and they love it, you know. And I I like to have them. But ever since I had that incident where I hit my head, I really got to be careful because I, I don't want to have a kid riding with me and hit their head too, you know. So I kind of got to watch the track conditions. If if things are going really well and we've got smooth runs in the eye, I like to take the kids with me. But if it's not, unfortunately, I got to tell them no, and that's tough to do a lot of times. Well, every day on every understand, no, the track's a little rough today. I'm not sure. One, so. Yeah. Yeah. Probably with an antique, you're all right. But that isn't as much fun. Right. Yeah, yep. What's your favorite sled or favorite track or favorite place to run a sled? Oh, I'll pull up by me, Maribel. That's always a fun one to go to. 
Got that sugar um, bush one, Jake. Two good Josh. guys to work with. I've always enjoyed going there. Um, I think we're losing him. Maribel, he said. I've heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, I think I've yeah. heard of Maribel. I think that's a huge, they get a huge, huge crowd there. Huge crowd. I've heard of that. Is that by the lake? Yeah. Because I think you've been approached to them about putting a pole on there. Yep. I'm sure you have. Yeah, Mar Maribel is just uh, south of Green Bay. Yep. And that's right on, close to the lake, right? Or you maybe you can see the lake from, I don't know. No, no, it's not that close. It's probably 10, 15 miles from the lake. Okay. It's is that right the one they call, Josh, is that the one they call Sugar Bush? Nope. That's a different one, too. That's another. Another okay. one that's a lot of fun. That's always Fourth of July weekend. That's what I thought. Okay. So, but then obviously the Children's Hospital. That's always a fun one to go to. Um, yeah. And it's always early in the year, and so that's one I always look forward to. Yep. Yep. Well, I think you and Johnny Peterson both do that one for us, right? Uh the last two years I've done with both sleds. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. I don't remember. <laughs> Johnny and I did the Sauk County Fair together. Okay. Bearable, so. Thinking of. Yeah. And that, that's one thing that's nice now, too. A lot of these places are getting two sleds. That really takes a, a big burden off of us. You know, if something does happen, which it did this year, that's nice to have two sleds there. Um, and then to switch to switch off back and forth, and it gives us a little bit of a break. That that It is nice to have that. Yep. And then you're not you're not under the gun. Get a sled setting and figure it out right away. You've got some time to think about it and watch a little bit and see what's going. Well, on. Well, that's not always the best, though. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that can be <laughs> overthink it. Like uh, Highland was a tough tough track to to get figured out. I think for them guys this year, you know. I know. Uh, speaking with with you got uh, me back. Yep, you're back. You're back. Yeah, I was saying sometimes having the extra time isn't as good because you second guess yourself. Right, right. I was saying that's tough track, guys. Just to figure out to it. I think you there yet? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yep. But uh, got her figured out. We got. The so when it rains, it makes tough conditions for these guys too. Monroe is a was just a tough track this year to make anything happen on at the fair. Yeah, that was that was a tough deal. I mean, Scott called me, you know, an hour before that started and said, boy, it's like driving through a swamp, and he's looking for some pointers. And I'm like, I, I don't have any good pointers because that just – it's a struggle when that happens. Right, and it wasn't swamp the whole way. It was just two spots. Yeah. You know what? We turned, we turned around, went the other way to try to make it better and did everything we could. And that's, that's what happens. It's just, it is what it is sometimes. Yeah. But and I, I tried some different things here at the end of the year too. I was happy with, you know, typically we run a, a bar style grouser underneath. Um, I was running, well, they're about 10 inches long on a 45 degree angle. And I actually went to uh, just teeth the last three weeks of the year. And I was happy with the way that worked out. So we're going to try that up some more next year. And hopefully that can fix some of them problems. And we get on them real wet tracks that can cause, that can upset the sled. Because it wants to roll the dirt instead of flowing underneath the pan. Yep. And it, can, it can upset everything. So right. we're hoping maybe if we go to more of a tooth style, that, that, that may ease some of them problems. You know, we try to set these sleds up that they're, they're good for almost everything we do. Well, it's sometimes you just get in conditions out of our control that that it doesn't work the best. Well, it's tough. You know, a lot of, you know, the red clay up by you is different than the clay down here. You know, it's just, you know, you, everything is different. It's tough to get one thing that's going to work for everything. Right. We try, we try to make something that's a happy medium for everything. But, yeah, you get in certain places and it, it, it just – and it changes year to year too. You know, Mother Nature has a lot to do with it. We got to right. deal with what we're dealt. Yep, yep. And it, it's a lot with the you know uh, Mother Nature's rain in it than try, people trying to add water to stuff. I think too. Yeah. Yep. Are you using uh, asphalt milling teeth? Yes. Yes, I've. That's, I've, 
that's what we run on our mini rod sled. We got two bars. One's got six on on each side, and it's at a chevron, you know, the shape. And then we got uh, two that got four in there. So if we want less bite, and they just bolt right in, we can take them in or out, put them in, and uh, they seem to work really well. They make the they make the pan dig in, and it still, you know, grabs a hold of the dirt. But uh, like you said, it doesn't want to, um, you know, ball up as much if it's wetter out. That, and if you're also running a uh, a harder surface track will actually kind of peel it up a little bit for you so it'll keep it a little bit looser yeah that was a struggle i've ran into in the past before i with these asphalt teeth we get on some of these racetracks and them racetracks that's all they do know is how to get hard when they run these cars across them well they get hard in a pull too and by the end of the night you just get across the top you couldn't get a hold of nothing so that was one of the big reasons to start going with them asphalt teeth i'd seen other guys trying it so We've been trying it and with good results. So, but you're always going to be changing stuff as different techniques of prepping tracks and, and, and the way the, the classes are progressing. You're always going to be making changes. So. Yep. Everybody's making better tires to get hooked to the tracks and they're all making more horsepower every year. Yep. Josh, one thing I've always wanted to ask is, do you talk to a lot of different sled um, operators or is it, or is it is it too much competition? I guess you guys have like a little club, or is it competition like with other sled operators? Uh yes and no. I like to talk to everybody. Um, the thing of it is though, everybody's sled's a little different, so you can't hundred percent compare notes. But yeah, like like uh, I do Macville with Brandon Bungard. I like to sit and talk with him for a while. We'll sit at the on the blocks at the beginning of the track while they're getting the track ready and ready, and we'll BS about how we like to see things and this and that and and his past experiences and what my experiences are, you know, because when he comes up here, it's different dirt than what he's used to. So he'll ask me for advice too, which is kind of neat. You know, he obviously he does a lot more pulls than I do. Um, but then a lot of the other local sleds are quite a bit different than what I run. So yeah, we, we talk back and forth, get ideas, but you really can't translate them from one sled to another. So. Yeah, Jimmy probably a lot of help he's he's seen a lot of stuff in his many years of doing this he, he probably got a little bit too huh oh yeah jimmy's got a lot of knowledge and yeah he does he's probably jimmy's forgotten more than most people in the world so you think guys what's that jimmy he's forgotten more than most people will ever learn yes about going down the track so yep no i'm glad we're doing shows like this now to give sled operators and josh a chance to talk about it's not as easy. You know, when I announced, I was talking about the puller. It's not as easy as just jumping on a truck or a tractor and, you know, pushing the throttle forward. And, you know, Josh, you're talking about the dirt balling up or rolling underneath. And, I mean, I saw a lot of different things this summer, you know, different running all over. And uh, it's crazy. It's crazy how the dirt changes from track to track and how it can affect and, you know, actually get up on top of the dirt and you lose hitch height and a lot of crazy things if you're paying attention. So. Right. Yeah, there's there's a lot of variables. And a lot of times, you know, people want to spot the sled in certain spots. And I always back up to where they spot the cone, but a lot of times in my mind, I'll think, well, they must see something I don't because that's not where I would go. <laughs> but you can't tell the people where they where you should go either, you know, because they, you know. <laughs> right. But then after it's all said and done, I might, might go and ask them, hey, what did you see out there? <laughs> yep. Right. Well, sometimes you got to try something different because it's falling back where everybody else. Yeah. yeah. That's sweet. So, but I've also noticed, you know, them guys are walking around at eye level and I'm sitting up on that cabin. So it is, I can miss stuff too sometimes sitting up a little bit higher. Right. And you watch, you know, I like to watch where the sled, if it's backing up, if it's sinking in at all anywhere. Or yes. Oh, and try to avoid that area, but sometimes you just can't. See, that's a big thing I think a lot of pullers don't know. You just gave up a secret, Greg. I, well, everybody sees it, I think. <laughs> Maybe not at your level, but there's a lot of pulls I go to. Guys don't even look at that. And that's, yes, that's a big thing. Yep. Yep. So can you get into a harder track? You know, is it easier, a good hard track? Or do you want, do you want a track like the pullers want to? Just something you're getting hooked into and everybody's working good. I mean, it's. It's, it's, you don't want to track where guys ain't getting hooked to something. 
Right. You want something that they can get a hold of. Um, the big thing for me is something so that top dirt can flow underneath the pan, especially, you know, on the second half of the track. Yep. Um, so it doesn't upset the sled. That, that's been a big, big thing for me. Just you want you want the dirt that can flow underneath the pan. Not, not pile up in front of it. Pile up in front or or roll up in big chunks and, and just yep. and just upset everything. Right. It's we you know, you've been to the fair convention. We've we've had a we've talked a lot with the fairs about track building, you know, seminars and stuff like that. And uh we you know, Jason and I and Jimmy Lutke and Pat did one what three, four years ago already. Yep. And it yeah. was, was the most attended uh meeting at the fair convention ever. You know, and I think when it was there was like eight thousand people watching us online when we did it too, right? Jason? Yeah, we did. We did a Facebook live and that yep. was, um, it was well attended. Well attended. Yep. Yep. And we're going to do, we're going to do more of that. They've asked us to do it, you know, again, and I probably should get my name on there that again and just say, get updates and on stuff to do, you know, getting organic matter into the tracks, you know, is a big thing. You know, some of the fairs I've got them taking the straw out of the barns, the cattle barns that they, you know, it's pretty clean straw, just, you know, disking it into the track end of the fair so it's there for next year or seeding it down the weed or rye or something yeah you know it, yeah i always say that the best time to get a pulling track ready is either tonight or the next day after you got done pulling right That's get it so, ready again for next year right away don't leave it don't leave it so there's a big water hole in the track all year right. for you know you got to get sheds water all year right yep yep so what do you do otherwise for making a living then, Josh? Oh, I was I worked full-time for the city of Kiwani up until April, and the sled business got too busy, so now I only work part-time. I run the wastewater treatment plant for the city of Kiwani there. Um, so I take care of all the lab testing and stuff like that, do all the reports to the DNR, um, do all the paperwork for the collection system, lift stations, and stuff like that. That sounds like a pretty good job. Number one. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, number one in the number two business. That's that joke, right, Josh? Yep. Yep. yep very similar. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, what? what what class do you like to hook most? Is your favorite oh. challenge, most challenging class? I should say. Or you said that already. Light supers, I guess. I, anything with light in front of it, you did say that. That them are the most challenging. The most fun I got to say is pro stocks. Um, it's very nerve wracking too. You know, we, we really want to get it right the first time. Uh, and, and if we do, boy, it's a lot of fun, but yep. it's, it's very nerve wracking to, to try and do our best to, to make sure we get it that way. Right. We, you know, and if we, and if we get that first tractor down there and it was a good, good run and we're all set, boy, I can have a lot of fun then that that's real fun. Right. And it's hard to reset the pro stocks. There isn't enough of them around to come, you know, you, you don't have enough of them. They can cool off and come back. Right. You know, and if we have to reset the sled, it's, it's a bugger, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, we shoot, you know, we always shoot for 310 or 320 is what we're shooting for us. Right. So, yep. Yeah. We do the best with what the, the conditions we have. Right. You don't know how somebody, any class, you don't know how they're going to get hooked to it and go super farm anything you know just you don't know if they're going to get hooked to it or you're you are yeah and the pro stocks you know you can have a pretty good spread if somebody has a really really good run they can really make up a lot of ground in a hurry you know a lot of that the pull is one in the first couple feet well if they get a hold of something that somebody else can't boy they can put a lot of footage on the other end so there can be a big spread where you know classes like hot farm and stuff where they're all a lot more limited you can stack them all in real close so Right. Some of the bigger classes, you'd get a lot bigger spread. Right, right. You don't need, and the first guy might not have his tractor set right either. You know, you don't know. He hasn't been down the track yet. He, he might be too heavy in the front end, might be too light, you know. And uh, then the next guys get watch him and they get to change their tractor, and that makes a big difference too. Yep. You know, I like to be first hooked, but then you still have to have everything right. Right. You know, so. Josh, from tr from a track prep perspective, what are some of the things that you're seeing that promoters are starting to do now 
that's that they're they're prepping the tracks better because Greg touched on a little bit ago about you know um, building a track and different things like that. But like you know, is is it the box rakes? Is it better scrapers? I mean, can you talk about that a little bit? Like maybe give some examples of some places that do a really good job of uh, prepping the track because a lot of times we all have local dirt people, right? That that are you know that help us with our poles in our local communities, but. Maybe they haven't built a pulling track before, but if you get somebody like yourself that, like to Greg's point, you go back and forth a hundred times a night on a track, what are some things that you see that work well that maybe you could share with everybody? Have enough equipment there, especially if you're going to run a big pull and, and do a lot of hooks on your track. Uh, a lot of it, you know, especially getting stuff on the track in a timely manner is having enough track equipment and be able to put that track back together for the next hook in a timely manner. Um, and that varies a lot on your track width and stuff. I go to a lot of tracks that are very narrow and have concrete blocks or guardrails on each side, and they, they don't make a good-sized tractor anymore that can turn around. So you may need to have two tractors, one on each end, um, so you can timely put it back together. But, yeah, having, especially for bigger stuff, having a, something on the starting line, whether it's a skid steer or another tractor and scraper, to groom the starting line. Um, a lot of times, some places that are newer, they'll forget where the sled starts. Well, that sled's still rolling over that ground, and as we're rolling over that ground for 100 times a night, it needs some attention, too. Just because the tractor didn't pull on it and spin his tires on it, it still needs some attention. Yep. Well said. Well said. I think that the, one of the best things that's been in the last few years here is the track rakes on skid steers, one at each end, really, really helps. Yeah. You know, because the slide might be hit once he leaves the starting line, that, that guy can start raking it in and getting it back back in shape. Mm -hmm. And I was talking with Pat Hack a little bit towards the later half of the season here. He'd like a little bit different of a track rake. He's got a little bit different idea. So I'm working with him this winter. Hopefully get something like that built. Um, he thinks it's going to work a little bit better, so we'll give that a try too. Right. Hey, you're never – you're always – if you're never going to make it better unless you try something – Right. Yep. Bingo. Yep. How long does it usually take you to get set up for a pull? Like if you pull into a pull somewhere and, and set up, how long does it take you to get set up? And how long does it take you to get uh, loaded back up and ready to go back home? Well, a lot of it's gotten to help. If we got help to, uh, especially at the end of the night, <laughs> sometimes we lose a lot of our help because they want to go and have a margarita like I'm having. Right. <laughs> But the biggest thing is the stuff we have to bring with. Uh, if we didn't have to bring a scale or scrapers or anything with, 10 minutes I could set up all on my own. And then moving the weights around, that's the stuff that takes time, setting the scale up. Um, but really to, to set the sled up to go pulling and unhook it off the sled, off the truck, 10 minutes is all it would take. Then after that, it's just the, the time of, you know, unloading the scale, getting that set up, moving the weights around. Um, I would say generally a half hour. If you got a good guy in a, in a loader that's helping you out. Yep. Yep. What's yep. your sled weigh empty and what's it weigh fully loaded with weights? Oh, the sleds empty are about 33,000 pounds, the new ones. The old yellers about 40,000 pounds with no weights in. And then the weights are 1,800 to 2,000 pounds a piece. Uh, for like pro stocks, I'll run anywhere from 9 to 10. So... So you try to avoid the scale while you're sand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's what I heard out going out in Iowa. I heard that, but that's the toughest place to take a sled, I guess. Right. Brad always said that anyways, going out in Iowa with the licensing and all that. Yeah. We, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Way to go. Way to go. Elsie and all the state troopers are watching. <laughs> They're not watching me. I'm not going. <laughs> well, yeah, we, that, we, want, we want josh to come back so right brad always that's one thing brad built a new hitch for me for the terminator sled you just walked by it in that video there that was a brad pulled it on a pinnel hitch because it's kind of tight quarters getting in his yard there and it was a little bit more maneuverable but now he built me a hydraulic detach so i'm switching everything over to that and then i can balance the truck a little bit better with that style of hitch and so hopefully that helps out that stuff a little bit better too. Right. But yeah, that big truck is heavy too. <laughs> yep. But yep. it's nice. 
it's nice to be able to have all the amenities. I can take a shower when we get done at the end of the night. And, you know, I, I got a long drive home most of the time. I agree. I usually have to drive home too and everybody else is snoring and sleeping. I'd sure like a shower before I leave. <laughs> Some of them days was a hundred degrees out all day. You're working around there. It, it, it's, it's something that would be nice. Yes, it is very nice. I do like that part of it. Yeah. Yep. Schultz's got all that in his new holler, don't you? <laughs> we, we have a shower. Yeah, we can shower. So. Right. It's nice. That's when you know you're big time. You have a shower in your trailer. <laughs> I've got a garden hose in a bucket. Love it. Yeah. I love it. But uh, the old yellow sled, you did a lot of work to that. You put the cab on it, and that had to be quite an undertaking and getting that switched over. Josh kind of froze on us there again, John. So, yeah. Well, I know that that old yeller sled got a lot of work to it. it. It looked a lot nicer and cleaned it all up. And I think he tidied up a bunch of the mechanics on it, mechanicals on it, you know, too, because over the years, I think it had been added to, and you know how things are when they get older, you add to them, you piece to them and make them, you know what I mean? Yep. I think he cleaned it all up and did it. It, it really looked nice. It was a nice sled. No, it's good. To, it's good to see people taking this seriously and getting after it. I mean, it, it needs to be a business for Josh and he deserves to have this be, I mean, a, a full-time job for him because without sleds, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. You can have, you can have all the cool trucks and tractors in the world, but if you don't have a sled there, that'll help put on a good show. It, you're, it's, you're, you're, it's no good. And it's no of, good. Pullers and people don't understand. There's not an abundance of sleds. No. In this, in this state. I don't think there is anywhere. That's a big, you know, there's days we have to bring guys up from Missouri to, to do a show. Uh, I think we had to do that in, uh, Lancaster because we couldn't get one. And that was on a Wednesday night or no, I don't remember what night it was, but you know, we had uh, Brandon Bungard had to come up there and it was, a, it, you know, and then you got to pay him his travel time from way down to Missouri too. So that made it pretty expensive for that fare to do that. Yep. You know, well, that's why I'm glad, like you said, local people are doing it. Yep. Yep. We don't want to lose that. No. You know, and it's been suggested to buy our own sled and all that. And I make, you know, man, who's going to manage that? I don't want to do that. Yep. It's a, it's a lot of work, just like uh, track Lenny pullers, you know, they own their own sled and scale and all that. So, you know, it's just another maintenance item, something that costs insurance, traveling down the road, you know, making sure you know, all the maintenance is done on it. And, you know, the pulling sleds just like a pulling truck or a pulling tractor. You got all that maintenance to do that as well. Right. License and insure that and get somebody with a CDL to drive it. And you know, that's harder and harder to do these days. Everybody that's hires truck drivers understands that. You know. So, John, you probably have to deal with that at work too, huh? But, yes. But it gets, it's getting harder and harder with all the federal rules of, of hiring people. And, you know, the same same as uh, people have Class B CDL, you need to have a Class A. And... Uh, you know, it costs you still costs you forty five hundred bucks to go, you know, upgrade your CDL. So it's yeah, it's not cheaper either. Right, right. You back? Did you lose him? Uh, yep, he's back. Josh is back. So good. Josh, get we're you're back, buddy. Good. Good. The internet must not be as good at our Airbnb as I thought it was. Um. With with the with the lives like this, sometimes Josh, if it's if it's okay for like browsing, but we need a little bit stronger signal. But you've been this has been good tonight. There's nothing. There's only been a couple times we couldn't hear it. And it's nothing bad at all. So sometimes yeah. the internet just doesn't want to play. So well, I want to thank you for coming on too. I kind of called you a little late today. We were in the field and I was working around with some stuff, and I thought I'd well, Josh should do it. But yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's actually kind of on my bucket list to talk with you guys. So, all right, awesome. we get uh, once we do shop tours, we'll probably be up to your shop too. Yeah, I think I think a shop tour would be worthwhile for sure. So, yep, yep, I do too. Oh. Well, Josh, we're gonna wrap this up. You get back to drinking margaritas, okay, buddy? Have another one. Sleep back, Josh. I think he did. But yeah, we need to wrap it up anyway, guys. Yep. yep. So. Rosa.
Yeah, and that's okay. But um, everybody is watching. Give us ideas. You know who you want to see on the show, please. You know, share that with us. That'd be great. Um, any you know a yeah. promoter, a puller, any anything that you know to do with Badger State truck and tractor pullers. That'd be great. And it's been I like showing the videos off to the side like that too. It's kind of good for people. Um, well, you know, because Stranley, you're the only really good looking one out of the three of us. So yeah, you know, with your beautiful mustache. So great. Oh boy. It's, oh boy. Yeah. So, well, guys, um, thanks for watching every Monday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Your host, John Greg, myself, down and dirty with the Badger State Tractor and Tractor Pullers, talking everything Badger State Tractor Pullers. And uh, we appreciate you uh, watching every Monday. You can listen to us on iTunes and Spotify as well. Just go under Let's Grow Pulling, search for Down and Dirty with Badger State Tractor Pullers, and then it's on YouTube, Facebook. I'm going to build a, face, uh, a playlist on the Facebook page. Greg said, I need to do a better job of letting people know where to find the show. So I'm working on that as well. And um, we'll be on our way. So All thanks, right. guys. Yep, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Have a good night and good luck.